0: Welcome to the New Mana Podcast, an Arch KCK production.
1: Welcome back to New Manna, your newest favorite Catholic podcast on the Holy Eucharist. My name is Lee McMahon, your host, and I serve as consultant for evangelization at the Archdiocese of Kansas City in Kansas. But don't be fooled if you've got a pulse. This podcast is for you. If you are hungry for more, if you are fed up with the empty promises of the world, Jesus has more for you. We have been called to communion in Christ. We've been given the mission of bringing people to Jesus and bringing revival to the church. So our title, New Manna, comes from John six fifty eight. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Jesus is the new manna. He is the bread of life, and he gives himself totally to us every single day in the Holy Eucharist. Come on. We've got an awesome episode for you today. Got some powerhouse hitters in the house, and I just want to say thanks, though, to everybody out there who's left a review or rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. You're helping us get the word out that Jesus is alive. He's about a good work, and he's truly present in the Holy Eucharist. Do it. Do it in your cool. It's not pure pressure, just it's your turn. So uh, so I'd love to introduce our guests. We have the wonderful Miss Larissa Smith and Father Andrew Gaffney in the house. How are you guys doing? I'm well, doing well. Excited to be here today. Yeah. yeah. Got some yummy Chick-fil-A in our bellies. We are yeah. happy campers here. So um, yeah, so just in general, would love to know. Uh, Larissa, ladies first. Chivalry is sure. not dead. Um, <laughs> for everybody who doesn't know you, what's your season of life? Kind of like where are you at right now in the world?
2: Um, So let's see. I've been at Prince Peace um, since 2018. I am the director of Parish Life and Evangelization here. Mm. Um, I am married to my husband, Dennis. We've been married for 16 years. We have two kiddos, Brayden, who will be eight, and Austin, who will be three. Cool. Um, Both my husband and I are converts. Um, we, Let's com- go. we converted back in 2015. Mm. So yeah, Yay. that's where we're at. Nice.
1: Yeah. I converted in 2013. Yeah. So I love it. baby Catholics unite. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right on. So Dennis, that's such a cool name. Yeah. Do you know much about St. Dennis? I don't. Yeah. Me either, but I know there's one, so there is that's one. cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Dennis the menace.
0: <laughs> it's not where that's from. But. <laughs> if I remember right, St. Dennis's head went rolling through the street after he was decapitated oh. when he was martyred. Mm. Wow. And then he picked it up and walked around for another day or two with it. That's epic. Oh, yeah. That's epic. Epic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm going to look this up as Father introduces himself. Father, who is Father Andrew Gaffney?
0: So I'm Father Andrew Gaffney. I'm the parochial vicar here at Prince of Peace Catholic Church in Olathe, Kansas. And I have been a priest almost a year and a half. I was ordained May of 2023. Let's go so it's a great life hot I off love, the press yeah oh yes it after nine long years of school being ordained was one of the most beautiful days of my life and <laughs> <Fun>. um <laughs> prince of peace is such an amazing parish mm. i really truly love being here and just everything we have going on so where are you from originally i grew up in topeka kansas mm. originally top topeka city K- yeah tea town i love that
1: wonderful okay Sorry if I'm I'm talking with my mouth full because we just got this, <laughs> this offload delivery of toffee. It from, is amazing. Let's, let's give honor where honor's due. What's her name?
2: Lee Heath. Mm-hmm. Lee Heath? Yeah. She's amazing. God bless you. She's amazing. She is. This is super tasty.
1: <laughs> you guys need to reach out to Lee Heath at Prince of Peace. Ask her <laughs> for her toffee.
0: It is so good.
2: Yes.
1: Wow. Okay. Larissa, take me back to the, so you're a convert, (laughs) Yeah. you are married to Dennis, you have two kiddos, eight and three. Mm -hmm. Tell me, how did you, what was your story of falling in love with Christ? Like, what were you doing? Maybe I'll just start this. Like, what were you doing before being the parish life and evangelization?
2: I was volunteering here here. six days a week, probably. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That seems to be my life. I grew up Methodist. And my husband grew up not really believing in anything. And um, he had a medical scare. Um, thought he had, well, he doctor Googled himself. Mm-hmm. And so yep. Dr. Google told him that he had stage right. four lymph node cancer, which wow. kind of freaked him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, this is before he even ever made a doctor's appointment. So he's fine. He had a swollen gland. But I digress. (laughs) Um, He decided one day that if he was going to um, die, he was terrified of hell. But if he didn't believe in anything, why would he be terrified? So he decided to check it out um, and wanted to know if I'd go check out a Catholic church. Again, I grew up Methodist. So the first call I made was to my mom. She told me that I needed to go and support my husband. Mm. If he needed Jesus in his life, then I should go support that. So we showed up here. At Prince Peace um, and wanted to just... And this is when? 2014. Okay. Um, wanted to just join the church because, you know, we thought it was just like any old Protestant church. You just walk in and they hand you a mug and you're on your way. <laughs> um, that was not the case here. We got taken over to uh, talk to the person who is running the RCIA program for um, adults who want to become Catholic and... My first question was, How long does it take to become Catholic? Right. (laughs) I got told it was anywhere from six, eight months, nine months to a year. Mm -hmm. Um, Really thought my husband was going to say, Forget it. He did not. We started RCI classes that next Thursday, about three months into the classes already starting. Yeah. And uh, we hadn't even been to Mass yet. That next Sunday, we went to Mass, um, tried to fumble our way through the missile. Right. And uh, to be really honest, going through the process was mainly for my husband. Um I learned a lot, but I didn't really understand it. I yeah. didn't um it wasn't an eye-opening moment for me to be quite honest. Um he got baptized and then we both received full immersion. Um, Cannonball? No. No. If <laughs> Father the- Jerry it- had it his way, he would have done full immersion. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> but no. Um but, uh, yeah, we got, he got baptized and we got first communion and, uh, confirmation together, which was great. Cool. And we just kind of went about our way. Um, we did Christ Renews His Parish about seven days Catholic. Um, and we struggled for probably 10 years to have kids yeah. and it wasn't until after we became Catholic that I finally ended up getting pregnant. So that was kind of our first time. We had a ton of people praying for us and just sura- having that community surround us was, was great. Yeah. Um, my husband went on the team to go give Christ Renewed to Saint Paul's Catholic Church down yeah. the street here, and he was a witness. And so my almost two year old at the time and I went to go pray with him before his witness. Yeah. And my, he had never, Braden had never been in front of a monstrance before. Didn't really yeah. know what it was. Um, and as we were sitting there, it was just the three of us in this chapel. We're quietly praying and all of a sudden braden looks at the monstrance and he says jesus and he points at it let's go and dennis yeah. and i looked at each other and we were like did he just say jesus did you tell him did you say something mm. <laughs> like what just happened right now so of course both of us were brought to tears but yeah. you know it's comes from the mouth of babes like they watch what we do and yeah i for a long time always thought that the eucharist was just a symbol mm until that moment and that was kind of my turning point for wow. mm-hmm. things so your baby my baby wow yeah
1: yeah so rcia just to clarify is the rite of initiation no christian initiation, initiation. for adults yep. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah wonderful wow so through your your son's confession of yeah. faith the supernatural moment yeah. of grace holy moly yeah. you're mm-hmm. like okay this is it. Let's do this. This is it. So it became real for you even yeah. after you had already received yep. mm-hmm. confirmation and mm-hmm. the Eucharist mm-hmm. that it was like, okay, splash of cold water. Yeah. This is, you know, kind of color mm-hmm. on your, on your screen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So then what happened?
2: I got heavily involved with RCIA at that yeah. point. I'm um, just kind of being on a team and helping and, um, got offered a job here yeah. and, um, being able to be the person who is actually walking these people through right. their testament, that to me, it just, that's everything. Special. I would cry at all the Easter vigils when they all became yeah. Catholic. And yeah. you just kind of see this light bulb turn on, yep. you know, of, oh,
1: I get it. I yeah. get it. I get it. So, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. That's special. Mm-hmm. And and then father was like, okay, you're hanging around enough. We should probably pay you. She
2: should probably pay <laughs> you pretty much. Yep. <laughs> and here you are. And here I am. Nice. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah.
1: Have you have you had the same role since you started? No, no,
2: I did adult faith in our CIA at first. um, And then our parish life coordinator got transferred down to Texas with her husband's job. And so I got a lot of extra duties. Mm. Um, And then Father Greg got here in 2023, no, 2020. He came in 2020. Mm And in 2021, we changed my role to just work on parish life and evangelization. Of course, with, you know, the Eucharistic revival and everything going on with that, we just had a lot of evangelization yeah. work here to do so
1: so what's a normal day look like for you um doing parish life and evangelization things. it's different
2: every day let's just put it that <laughs> yeah. way some days we're in the back filling candles and getting ready for <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yep. for candlelight um, adoration all the yes or um some days it's out in meetings some days it's meeting with our ministry leads some days it's yeah. sitting at the computer answering a lot of emails so yeah. it just varies it Varies. Yeah. it's all over cool Wonderful,
1: yeah. Father Andrew, like what was the story for you falling in love with Christ?
0: Yeah, so um, my story very much begins uh, before I was even born. Um, Mm. Growing up, I have three sisters, two older, one younger. Uh, My parents are both Catholic. My mom grew up in Topeka. Um, And so my parents built this beautiful home out in the country um, and then had their first two kids, my older sisters, Elizabeth and Morgan. Um, and then after the first two kids, my parents are actually told that they would never have kids again. Hmm. Um, and that really broke my parents' hearts. Yeah, truly. Um, they have such a deep love for family life. Uh, they were married on actually the Sunday of the Holy family. Wow. Uh, That was the day of their wedding. And so just this great love for family life. And so, um, about a year before I was born in 1993, um, in 1993, my parish actually started perpetual adoration. Hmm. And um, my mom decided to sign up for that. Um, And she still has that hour today at 11 o'clock on Tuesdays. Hmm. Uh, She never misses it. And so just um, her having this hour, really just coming to our Lord, encountering him there in the midst of the Eucharist, the great love he had for her Um, and her uh, just pouring everything out to our Lord, uh, truly letting him know the pain she's experiencing and wanting more children. Um, And then about nine months after that, um, I was born. Let's go. And so just uh, my whole life, just looking back at so many of these realities that happened, um, the Eucharist is just sprinkled in throughout in so many different ways. Hmm. So my mom, still very faithful to this holy hour. Uh, We went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. And in the summers or days we didn't have school, if it was my mom's adoration day, she just brought us with her. Nice. And so just really like 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was yep, going to say 11 p.m. Like that's bold.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's bold.
0: Yeah, no, in the morning. Um, and so just really kind of growing up in this way in yeah. front of the monstrance, um, yeah. just really in front of our Lord, mm. um, but truly not really understanding why it was so important until uh, my sophomore year of high school mm. going on this great retreat. Um, truly experiencing for myself in a real deep way for the first time, yeah. our Lord's love for me. Hmm. Um, and that happened in the confessional and then immediately going out into adoration. Our Lord just truly making himself known, yeah, um, showing where he was working throughout my life, showing me the great love that's present there. Hmm. And then as I progressed on throughout high school, uh, my dad has this famous speech he'll give to you. Even today, I get it from time to time. He'll give it to anyone who he can at work. If he thinks they really need it. Um, it's the grow up and be somebody speech is what he refers to it as of, mm. you know, you need to figure out your life. You're going to do something someday. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. You're not just going to sit around the house, be a mope, but you need to have some purpose, something you're going to do. Yeah. Mm. And so my junior year of high school, he came to me, told me that of you need to figure out what you're doing with your life. And I had absolutely no idea. Mm. And so the great gift of going to a Catholic high school, uh, went to Hayden Catholic High School in Topeka, Kansas. Um, having the great gift of that chapel there, would go and actually spend uh, half my lunch period each day there in the chapel. Uh, coming to our Lord, just, I had no idea how to pray in yeah. different ways, but um, just handing that to our Lord and allowing Him just in... Little, small, slow ways um, revealing my heart to mm. him, who I was, who was created to be, um, what He desired for me in my life, and so He made it known in um, a couple things in that chapel. The first that this great desire to serve people um, and to live out of that reality, and then as well um, this call to go to the seminary, and that was the absolute last thing I wanted to do with my life. (laughs) Hey, Dad.
3: Right? Mm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Dad, remember that (laughs) talk you gave me? I think I want to go be a priest. Um, And my parents at first, when I told them, were a little apprehensive, right? They had no idea where this is coming from, never anything they talked to me about. Yeah. Um, And I was so young, right? Mm -hmm. I was 18 at that point. Um, And so just our Lord just kept pushing that reality in my heart. I wanted to go work on cars. I love classic cars. I rebuild yeah. old cars, rebuilt an old, uh, 1969 Chevy stepside truck in high school that cool. I still own and take out. Um, and so I wanted to do something with that reality, right? I love yeah. to get my hands dirty and, um, just our Lord just kept pushing on that. Hmm. So finally I went to him and said, you know, I'll give you one year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I'll go to seminary one year and you'll make it abundantly clear that this is not what you want me to do. Yeah. Right. Um, but at the end of that one year, just still kind of felt that gentle uh, urge to continue forward. Yeah. And so uh, fast forward to year five of seminary, this great gift. Uh, I went to St. John Vianney Theological Seminary in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. And a part of their program out there is what they call the spirituality year, a whole year focused on prayer Um, And not really any academics, just really building a solid foundation in prayer. And so this is year five of seminary for me, making a 30-day silent retreat, Hmm. um, praying five holy hours a day, Um, and just in prayer, praying about, you know, Jesus, what do you want me to do in front of the Eucharist once again? And Jesus, um, up to this point in my retreat is about week two of four. Um, he'd been showing me the beauties of family life, mm. right? The beauties of family life that I grew up in the midst of, um, and truly increasing a desire for that in my heart. Yeah. And then showing me the beautiful reality of vocation to the priesthood um, and the beauty that could be there as well. And ultimately, Jesus passed it to me. He said, you know, I have my plans for you, but I'm not going to force you. Mm. Wherever you want, um, Wherever you want to go, you are free to do that, to do whatever it is you want. And so in the midst of this chapel, um, in front of our Lord in the Eucharist, just giving our Lord that great yes, um, I want what you want for me. Living in the midst of that joy, following whatever it is Jesus asks of us, is where we continue to find our uh, greatest joy in life. Yeah. Whatever it is, whatever vocation in each and every moment, whatever it is, following Jesus in the midst of that, we find so much
3: joy. Yeah.
0: Um, And then from that reality, um, desiring to be the priest Jesus desires me to be um, and having an increased desire to just live in that midst of that intimacy for him.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: And so anyone here at the parish (laughs) has come to know that I just have a great devotion in love Um, to the devotion of the sacred heart. Hmm. Every first Friday, almost every Friday, if I'm able to, that's the mass I choose to celebrate here. Mm -hmm. Um, This great love for our Lord and the love he has for me. And out of that is developed this great devotion to our Lord in the Eucharist. Yeah. Right. We see so many of these Eucharistic miracles Mm -hmm. where in reality, uh, the host in the priest's hands, the substance just doesn't change, but the accidents as well. So normally, it mass the substance, what makes up the Eucharist, turns into Jesus' body and blood. Yeah. But in the accidents, what we see, that bread and that wine, it stays the bread and the wine, when in reality, its substance is changed into our Lord. Okay. In these great, beautiful moments of these Eucharistic miracles, um, the accidents have changed as well. Yeah. And so what people see is flesh, mm. actual flesh and blood changed. In the very midst of the celebration of the mass. Yeah. And these studies that they have done upon the Eucharist so in these cool. moments. So cool. Um, they just continue to show the same thing, that they're all a piece of the heart of a very thin piece of cardiac tissue, mm-hmm. a thin piece of flesh. Mm-hmm. Um And so it just proves so much more that this love that I've experienced from our Lord in the Eucharist is actually his heart, Uh, loving me, giving me his heart and inviting me deeper into that reality.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that the the heart tissue that they examine has traces of like trauma associated Mm -hmm. with it. Like Mm -hmm. it's been damaged in some, in some way. And the blood type of that tissue is every single time AB negative, which Mm -hmm. is the universal donor. Mm -hmm. Yep. Come on! All right? Like right. These, these are studies done. <laughs> these are studies done by secular institutions, mm-hmm. like atheistic scientists, who, when they are faced with these facts, are like scratching their heads, like, "Okay, I'll I'll think about this." <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? And they, yeah, and then they they come to know the Lord through through science. How? Yeah. Wild. Mm-hmm.
0: So wild. And so, just this trace of the Eucharist in front mm-hmm. of, uh, having all this happen in front of the Eucharist throughout my life, has just shown me. Over and over again, that it's actually our Lord's heart that He's calling me yeah. to love, yeah. um, to give Him my heart in return, and to love Him yeah. for everything He has given me. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. it's so beautiful because you think about how it's it's a reality. It's a it's a it's a reality that Jesus Christ has a living, beating heart somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. It, I mean, I can't see it per se right now. I you know He's in heaven, and heaven is all around us, and it's beyond us. And it's crazy, mystery. Point being. That that living, beating heart is also in every single tabernacle mm-hmm. all right. over the world. Yep. Every yep. single host. Yep. Every single host all over the world. That mm-hmm. living, beating heart is pulsating right there for me mm-hmm. with love for me, mm-hmm. for us. It's, yeah. It's mm-hmm. hard to get over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love what you said. Like it was in the confessional of all places mm-hmm. that you had this... Um, it. I mean, how would you describe it? It's like, I'm, you know, don't need to reconfess any. I'm just, I'm like, great. <laughs> right. Great. Cause I, I'm not going to leave. No, it's, um, so what was it about, like, did, did you feel, I mean, what was it about that moment in the confessional that like opened your eyes, your heart? Mm-hmm. Like, what was it there?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I had been to confession many times before that in my life, right. right? Growing up as this cradle Catholic. Um, but this time it was different, um, because I would say, Two different reasons. Sure. One, having been moved to that actual place of contrition, that actual place of feeling sorry for those things that I mm. had done, um, and truly wanting to have those taken away, not just going through the motions as I have the rest of my life, because yeah. I realized the easiest way to get along with my parents <laughs> was to do what they wanted me to do. <laughs>
3: <That's> <laughs> right? Not not Still idea. true today in <laughs> right? so many
0: different ways. If Mom asks, just do it. Yeah. Um, and so, right? Actually wanting to go to confession, having that desire to hand them over to Jesus. Yeah. And the second thing being, um, in that moment, it wasn't just the priest there in front of me. Um, but it was truly Jesus. And it truly felt like I was there talking with Jesus, handing them to him and allowing him to just love me in the midst of that. And to just take them away as, as he desires to do with that great heart of love.
1: It's so beautiful. The word you just mentioned about con, like contrition, mm-hmm. like it's actually the etymology behind the word contrition means to crush or to ground down. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I when I have a contrite heart, it's like when I when I have a, a, a disposition of like contrition. Lots of big words. Like when <laughs> I am when I have this 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 contrition, it means that I've literally been grounded down and just mm-hmm. like I've been I've been brought into an awareness of my nothingness yeah. without Jesus, like without Him.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's beautiful mm-hmm. yeah cool well thanks for leaning into that a little bit i wasn't sure about you know what it yeah. was within the confessional um yeah and then i just can't get over the, the, the son saying jesus thing yeah That's off the charts yeah, it's is. amazing
2: he's a pretty special kid yeah he is
1: so you went to seminary and then you became a priest it was pretty easy right pretty fast just you know lickety split
0: <laughs> uh i wish it was. <laughs> it was that way um it was um I remember the first day I started right out of high school. Yeah. I graduated in 2013, was my senior year of high school. And uh, going to seminary right out of that, going to college seminary up in Missouri at Conception Abbey. Um, right. My parents going with me and them just being very uh, unsure about right. this whole place. Right. Right. Because growing up, um, my image of a priest, because what I knew in Topeka, was an old guy with white hair.
3: Right. (laughs) Right.
0: And I thought they just sat around and prayed all day. Levitated, rang some bells. (laughs) Exactly. And just kind of did their thing. Um, But being up in that place, I went to visit even before I moved in. Um, just seeing these men that were striving for holiness mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. was attractive, right? Mm-hmm. That desire for holiness mm-hmm. and going up with my parents <laughs> and them just kind of a little unweary or a little wearied, not knowing about this reality. Um, mainly because like I said, I was so young sure. right, at that yeah. point. And they didn't want me to make a wrong decision yeah. in that way. As, um, my, parents, as parents do. Right. Yeah. I mean, my mom tells all of my siblings in this, um, over and over again. All I've ever wanted is for you to be happy. Let's go. Right? I want you to have true joy, not yeah. just fleeting, but true lasting. Joy. True. Yeah. Um, and I remember that day they helped move me in There are other seminarians, guys, they're studying to be priests that helped me move in that day. And as my parents were leaving to leave me, um, I gave my mom a hug and she's just said to me, this is a good place, mm. right? You will be happy here. Right, and that was just kind yeah. of the beginning of, um, in a way, my parents just kind yeah. of understanding what what's going on here. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Um, I love what you said about um, like discernment's a process of like bringing things to the Lord daily. Mm-hmm. You know, small stuff every day. Right. It's like I uh, think I don't know. This is kind of a weird analogy, but all analogies fail when you take them to the limit. <laughs> uh, it's like a bird building a nest of some sorts. It's mm-hmm. like you, it's a little bit every day. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know little by little, and before you know it, you. You have something beautiful, and that right. to get to that moment with the Lord and to have that conversation with Him, with or without words, but Him to say, "I totally respect, and um, you know, I'm, I'm going to honor your own individual agency." Mm-hmm. It's like, I like stop looking at me, man. Like this is it's <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not my call. Right. You know, it's not like I have some secret file on you, like in you know <laughs> right. filing cabinet in heaven, and we're going to see if you actually. You know, he did it one day. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's I am never going to abandon you, whatever you decide. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something that I learned, too, in the discernment process is like, could I have been an amazing priest? No question, because I'm going to be an amazing anything that I am. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it wasn't a matter of um, is this possible or is this the right decision it was a matter of like what the the calling right Mm -hmm. it's like i knew the call in my life was to be the best dad that i could ever be Mm -hmm. to be the best like father and to redeem fatherhood in my family line to be the best dad that my family line has seen uh in you know tens of dozens of Mm -hmm. generations like Mm -hmm. i knew that was the call in my life and yeah so it's not a question of like can you do it it's a yeah i I just like that a lot the way you Mm -hmm. you said bringing him But yeah, the Lord's never going to abandon us, Mm -mm. whatever it is that we decide. You know, we can't discern wrongly. And if we do,
0: he'll tell us, you know, right,
1: (laughs) right. There's always, you can turn around.
0: Right. Which is why I'm so glad I had every day of those nine years. Right. (laughs) Truly just uh, following Jesus, learning to follow him as a disciple. And then at that point, making that decision, that election to that state of life, as St. Ignatius tells us of yeah, this is what I want to do because I desire whatever you desire, Jesus. Did you ever
1: have moments of like resentment or begrudge? begrudge, Were you ever a grudge to person towards this process, (laughs) Father? Um,
0: I mean, yeah, (laughs) at times. I mean, in the midst of those nine years, there were times where it was just like, um, because seminary is not just school. Yeah. Right. It's a whole process of formation, yeah. And uh, the best image, I think, is you look at um, Michelangelo, right? Carving David, that great, beautiful statue we right. see in Rome. It didn't start out looking like David, right? It didn't start out this block of marble with these chiseled abs and everything. Mm-hmm. It was a big block and just that slow chipping away to reveal the beautiful masterpiece that's within, yeah. Yeah. right? It's revealing what is within. And seminary is every bit of that carving and chipping away. Right. Um, carving and chipping away um, in a way us in making us to be like Jesus, uh, to learn to place him at the center of our lives and yeah. to help lead others to that reality. Um, and so it's just that slow chipping away of those things in my life that yeah. our Lord is inviting me to lay down and to give up. Um, mm. And so in the midst of that chiseling – there were yeah. some hard, difficult days. Yeah, um, for sure. But every day I knew that Jesus was with me. Um,
1: so. Yeah, what you mentioned about the, you know, when they asked Michelangelo, like, how did you do this? How did you do this? He was like, what do you mean? It was, it was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like he just, he said, all I had to do was bring it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting, fun fact for you, factoid, mm-hmm. I love little factoids. Um, that rock, that piece of marble sat untouched Mm-hmm. in the cathedral courtside of, I guess, what was it? Uh, the Opera del Duomo or the Piazza del Signore, something like something Italian. Anyway, <laughs> and two other artists had already worked on it previously to the point where there was a giant hole going through the middle mm-hmm. of the work. Mm-hmm. And just like in that context, you know, young Michelangelo comes up and he's like, oh, yeah, just starts crushing it, just starts crushing it. Um yeah, I think the Lord kind of works with us the same way. It's Mm -hmm. like, we're, we kind of have this like out of body experience almost when it comes to discernment and just like, you know, bringing out the man or the woman that we're called to be Mm -hmm. is a process Mm -hmm. that we do with the Lord. We go to him for perspective. We step out for his, his, uh, his viewpoint, his vantage point to, to see us, to see our, our call through the father's heart. Mm -hmm. And when we do
0: that, beautiful things are going to
1: result. No doubt. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One of, I'll just throw this out there. Yeah, please. On the day of your ordination, uh, one of the things a priest does is he lays down flat on the marble floor, Mm. prostrate uh, while the litany of the saints is being chanted. And the image there is the priest laying down his life Mm -hmm. out of love for our Lord and asking for all the help of the saints and angels to help us in that reality. One of the things my uh, spiritual director encourages all of those men he was directing as they were becoming priests was at that moment when you're laying prostrate on the marble floor, laying completely flat, laying down your life at that moment, uh, beg for graces that you want in your life for your priesthood. Mm. Mm. Um, and one of those graces that I asked for in the midst of that, um, was an unshakable confidence in the love of our father. Yeah. Um, Let's because go. that was just a pattern I saw throughout, even through those long, long nine years of school, of formation, of still always remembering, even in the midst of the pain at times, the struggle and my own pride, mm-hmm. um, even in the midst of that chiseling way and that pain in the darkness that's there at times, mm-hmm. I still had this unshakable confidence that our Lord loved me, mm-hmm. that he was with me and that um, he would not ever abandon me. Um, because I was his beloved son. And so our Lord has been faithful to that uh, ask I gave on the great day of my ordination, even in some of those really hard, difficult moments in this past year and a half as a priest. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. Um, It's not? No. (laughs) Um, But even in the midst of that, right, I've always gone back to the reality of Jesus is with me. He loves me. I have this unshakable confidence in the love of the Father. In the gift of the Eucharist
3: and yeah. the rest of
1: that, yeah, anything that obscures our view of reality or our relationship with anybody or anything, um, anything that obscures it or becomes a lens through which we see it or um, interpret that reality, like it's 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 an idol, mm-hmm.
3: exactly. Mm-hmm. It's an idol. Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, if my relationship with my girlfriend is in you know informing my relationship with God the Father, then mm-hmm. my relationship with my girlfriend has become. Mm-hmm. Uh, an idol, mm-hmm. and I do not have a girlfriend. I have a wife. Just to be <laughs> clear, I love you, babe. I love you. But you know, anything, anything like that, mm-hmm. in any state of life, even those who are super solid and set in their vocation, this right. isn't just about discernment. It's about anything. It's mm-hmm. um, my attachment to my job. My any external thing or desire is even just they can obscure our 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 view. Um, yeah, I think the call of the Christian life is a lifelong call to. Transform the way in which we see um, everything, like especially mm-hmm. ourselves, um, especially our neighbor. Like it's a lifelong call to to let the the paramount lens through which we see everything the Father's heart. Yeah. Like that's the that's the whole point. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, I mean Jesus was the incarnate mm-hmm. Father's heart. Like right. th- that's him. All of them. Mm-hmm. And if we want that to be the reality for our own lives, then yeah, we got to take that to Him. We got to ask for that special yeah. grace, yeah. and little by little, lo and behold, mm-hmm. yeah. it'll happen. Yep. Yeah, and we'll never actually like fully be there this side of the veil, but mm-hmm. let that be a cry of your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your your relationship, your lived relationship with the Lord today.
2: Uh, let's see. So I I started an evangelization ministry here, and we went through this book together a couple of years ago. And there was a lot of homework in it. We had to pray. We had to r- do readings. We had to meditate. We had to journal. And I was really struggling. All of us were really struggling with trying to get that done within our daily life. Um, and I did. I called in the deacons to come and give us, shed some light. I know they have to go through and do certain things, but they also have families and jobs. And how, how in the world do you do this? And one of the deacons said, you know, um, I wake up and I give my first fruits and um but everything i do is a prayer my yeah. work life mm-hmm. everything everything i do is a prayer yeah and that really changed the way that we all looked at things um because it was almost like we were trying to fit this prayer into our life yeah instead of living our life as a prayer come if on. that makes sense come on so mm-hmm. so yeah it's um i mean i feel working here definitely puts me in prayer a lot, um, just in different ways, whether it's for things that I'm working on or different people. Yeah. Um, but even just at home with my kids, I mean, Braden's getting ready to go through his, uh, first reconciliation and first communion this year. So working with him a lot and trying to teach being our catechist, the main catechist at home, um, along with my husband, of course. But, um, you know, just really trying to root that in everything we do. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, man, uh, my wife and I, we love, um, yeah, we have like an evening pillar. Like it's whatever it is, it's something that happens pretty much every day. So we got like, either we pray a decade or maybe it's a full rosary and, You know, the maybe it's sometimes oh, my wife, she God bless her, Adele, you got these these advent devotional things which are for kids. And it's like this it's the king is coming, like book. And there's like blocks that go along with it so the kids can turn these blocks on the top of the Hmm. mantle or whatever. And each one has like a story from the Bible associated with that block. So it's twenty five days. Even though it's like, eh, you know, it's not it's not like just you know, it's, it's helpful because it gets us talking about the Bible, Yeah, gets us talking about the Absolutely. stories of the Old Testament, gets mm-hmm. us talking about how Jesus is the fulfillment of every promise, you know, like, anyway, it's just really beautiful. Like, you know, sometimes we do praise and worship at home. Mm-hmm. Like we, mm-hmm. I get the guitar out and we, we sing a couple songs to the Lord, you know, 10, 15 minutes, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's mm-hmm. less because the youngest, yeah. you know, melts down or something. Yeah. And I <laughs> mm-hmm. have to, as father, I have to honor that. Yeah, I have Absolutely. to honor the fact mm-hmm. that my children are still just that children, Their children. Mm-hmm. and it's gonna be okay yeah you know mm-hmm. like if anybody's out there who has my tendency to just be like we're gonna do this and it's gonna be awesome <laughs> dang it mm-hmm. yep it's okay <laughs> if it's, it's okay if it's not awesome mm-hmm. and it's okay if it totally burns and fails yep. crashes and
0: burns is what i was trying to say but yep one yeah. of the things i love to say here our um at prince of peace we have a lot of young families there's a lot of kids at mass that right. are especially our 9 a.m. mass yeah. on Sundays. It's pretty and pretty noisy. Pretty oh, yeah, noisy lots Let's of go. screaming. And um, afterwards, uh, I always would have these parents come up. I'm just like, I am so sorry, <laughs> right, that my child was just <laughs> a terror today. And I was just like, oh, I don't White care. Noise. White <laughs> like, noise. Lady. I tune it all out. I'm talking to Jesus the whole time, yeah. And yeah. right? But I started saying at the end of Mass this because I could just tell so many of these parents just felt yeah. so demoralized, right? right. Yeah. That their kids were just screaming the whole time. Yeah, I started saying, you know, uh, today was a very loud and noisy mess and that's okay. Like, yeah. I am so glad that you are here, that you bring your children to mass. I don't care how loud your kids are. I'm just glad you're here. Yeah. Right. Cause if our church is not crying, it is dying. Yeah. Right. Go. And I so want a annoying. live, fun filled, faith-filled, loving church here. Give me a reason to actually legitimately
1: preach. Because, like, you're not going to preach by just speaking like this. You know? Right, right. Man, yeah. party, Father, I'm just going to, here's a couple soapboxes for you. I'm going to jump uh-huh. on real quick. Go for it. Microphones. Mm-hmm. Get rid of them. Just kidding. I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm just saying <laughs> in the church. You know, I'm, okay, okay, what would St. Ambrose say? He's preaching to the city block mm-hmm. in the streets of Milan. Mm-hmm. No microphone, no megaphone. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had a cone. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe use the saints. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Very, very small thing. I guarantee you, the the face of the church would completely change if every single mass before mass starts. So we have this, you know, entrance antiphon or whatever, the entrance mm-hmm. song or whatever. But before you make the sign of the cross, just be like, "Hey, welcome!" Like you as pastor, you as associate pastor, you as priest, face of the church, because there's no better face of the church than as priest, right? If you just say, "Hey, welcome to Prince of Peace. So happy to have you. If this is like your 500th time, if you're a regular, so happy you're back. And this is the first time you've been in a while. Just wanted to know that you are totally welcome here, and that we're so happy to have you." Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna begin our prayer in the name of the Father and the Son. Oh my gosh, just so mm-hmm. different, disarming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even like the announcements person, God bless them, can't accomplish that. No, <laughs> they can't accomplish that. No. So just the radical, and and to flip your word piece of. I want to submit this to you, Father, to flip mm-hmm. the word okay to good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is so good yeah. that yeah. we had a noisy mess. Yeah. yeah. And you, mm-hmm. are, you are so good. Your children yeah. are good. I don't see them as a nuisance <laughs> or a problem. Right. Good. This is a good mm-hmm. thing.
2: I will say, as a parent, mm-hmm. we appreciate when priests do that <laughs> because yeah. I always mm-hmm. feel like the priest is talking directly to me when those yeah. things get said. Yeah. I've had mm-hmm. my kid go up and apologize to Father mm-hmm. Adam. Mm-hmm. Will Zach at Divine Mercy mm-hmm. is yeah. where we go but I've had him go up and apologize for yeah. screaming during mass. And he's yeah. like, oh, okay. Like he just has no idea, yeah. you know, yeah. but it, as a parent yeah. in church, it's it's hard because you don't want to disrupt the people around you. Right. But at the same time, how do you, yeah. how else do you do it? You well, have to have your kid there. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want mm-hmm. them there. You want them right. there to to learn and grow. Yeah. Um, but so we appreciate that yeah. when, when priests well, do that.
0: Yeah. The people you should really thank are my three sisters, Elizabeth, Morgan, and Emma. Um, they believe it's their sole mission in life to keep me humble. <laughs> nice. And uh, between, girls. between those three, I have six nieces and nephews. Wow. And just hearing from them of their experiences at times, yeah. it was just like hearing from them and their struggles at times of just like, right. well, what else do you want from us? Yeah. Right? Like, we're there. Yeah. We're trying. And I was like, that's a good thing. That is a good yeah. thing. And so yeah. it's just- good. Thank my sisters, because yeah. well, we they do keep me sisters. humble. Yeah. <laughs> I love just taking a look down
1: at history lane, too, because old school church, like even mm-hmm. even you just think about what was it like? You know, the kids are loud, they're rambunctious, mm-hmm. and and there's just no changing children. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that we should give kids the right necessarily to like run around, per right. se, because that, that could be distracting mm-hmm. to the point of irreverence. And we just, you know, be, we need to be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. But um, the, for the yeah anybody out there who might be challenged to just be like oh you know crying in church unacceptable it's like hmm, no I, I, I don't recall Jesus saying that and no. you know no. I think no. he said actually the opposite when it comes right.
0: to, to let the little children come to calling me calling
1: after him crying okay. out after him for sure yeah.
0: there's so much we can learn from kids
1: right if That's we hilarious. don't have the heart of a child exactly we're punching our ticket elsewhere
0: yep. 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 Agreed. The Lord is so clear about that. That immediate and I'm like, trust, Gah. the immediate faithfulness that mm-hmm. they have, mm-hmm. right, um, of just following yeah. yeah, in a loving way. Yeah. That's what our Lord invites us to. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Father, what's your faith life like?
0: Um, Yeah. So um, one of the great things that happened this summer yeah. was um, in our rectory where um, I live with two other priests, Father Greg rectory, and Father Francis. Rectory is a priest house. Yeah what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go. Um and we had an extra open bedroom and we had no one occupying it. And so we actually turned it into a chapel. Cool. And so it's down in the basement where I live. And so I have the best roommate in the world. I live with Jesus in the basement. <laughs> that's pretty cool Um does and so does he snore? No. He He's very quiet. He's quiet. <laughs> and gentle at times. <laughs> um but yeah that's just one of just a great thing just having the Jesus right there in my house. Um away from kind of the distractions at time that can happen over at the parish mm-hmm. of just as I'm going about my day and I'm popping in out of the rectory, running all over the place here or there, um, of just stopping by the chapel and just saying, hi, Jesus. Yeah. You know, come be with me. I'm going to the cemetery to go to a burial. Come bury this person with me. Yeah. Um, and just inviting him into whatever I'm doing. Um, and then just having the ability just, pop in here and there throughout the day. Um, It's one of (laughs) the joys of a priest is being able to live with Jesus in that deep, loving way. Um, And just making time here and there throughout the day. Some days are incredibly crazy, um, but still just making just a little bit of time just to pop in the chapel and be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, To pray the bravery or uh, different things. One of the devotions I have is to just celebrate a mass every single day. Yeah, whether I have a public one or not, um, and being able to just to have a mass by myself <laughs> again, just a luxury of a priest in that way, um, it's just I mean I love having mass in our church with our faithful, um, but just being in that moment with just Jesus and I, yeah. living in that intimate moment, taking my time, don't feel like I have a time constraint I'm up against, but just moving as slow as. I feel I need in that moment to just really enter in, in a deep way. Yeah. Um, And just, I remember one of my professors in school would always say, we need to begin to think Eucharistically. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. With the Eucharist at the center of our lives Mm yeah, and living in and out of that reality of the celebration of your mass each day is the high point And everything flows out of that and then flows into it the next day. Mm -hmm. Everything you are and it's happening, you take to Jesus at the mass. And then from that, you continue your life with Jesus. And then the next day, take whatever happened to him again. You just live uh, from mass to mass to mass.
1: Yeah. I compared it once upon a time to a sine wave. And I got made real fun of for this. Mm -hmm. Like a (laughs) sine wave. (laughs) You know, like one equals X or whatever. I don't know what the math is. But the point is it just goes, you know, Mm -hmm. back and forth. And crossing that threshold... There's no negativity or you know, positivity. Just hear me out. Mm-hmm. Like crossing that threshold is the moment mm-hmm. of encounter and like dipping in and like being with the mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. It happens every day, mm-hmm. ebb and yep. flow, ebb mm-hmm. and flow. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, so the little bits, you know, again, we're coming back to this piece by piece mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. you know, giving him our honest hearts on a, frequent basis on a basis you know just going to him whenever we are available because he honors that and he blesses that when we Mm -hmm. give him what it is that we have because what he our god is not a tyrant he's not going to be like why aren't you giving me more dang it (laughs) yeah like if if you're walking with him though for a long time and you know there there's going to be room for him to to call us on stuff right it's not he's not just going to be complacent forever right you know there's challenges and there's um demands put on our life that he sometimes puts there and mm-hmm. um yeah so they're not always easy or fun but something that we were talking about earlier was like this this idea of abandonment of like um that if i x y and z then the lord's going to like be separate from me but i don't know i just want to the, 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 like jesus on the mm-hmm. cross you know my god my god why have you forsaken me i just i don't know if you guys know this but um that's actually from psalm 22 Mm-hmm. And Psalm 22 is a psalm of victory. Mm-hmm. It's a song of salvation, mm-hmm. but it it starts out like the whole hum, humanity, like, ah, oh, the human condition is hard. It sucks. And it's, oh, Lord, come and save me. Mm-hmm. Right. That groan, that, that pain yeah. we experience mm-hmm. at right, times. Right. But then the Lord, he goes on to say that oh, he's near. He's never far. He never abandons me. Mm-hmm. yeah I don't know really interesting because I had never connected those dots before until I looked up those words like where are those words actually from but yeah even when Jesus himself cries out those words he cries on behalf of humanity um but it's in those words that he cries out that it's just a reminder for all of us that he's never far mm-hmm. and he's, he's never act, he never actually abandons us because he was not abandoned on the cross he was mm-hmm. he was there the father was there the whole time right yep. The yep spirit was there the whole time yep what advice would you give to anybody out there who you know whether they're having a hard time wrapping their hearts or their heads around this this reality of the Eucharist. Like, what what advice would you give to anybody out there who's on the fence with respect to the Holy Eucharist?
2: My advice, um, you know, you were talking ebbs and flows. Yeah. That happens in faith life all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. we all go through ebbs and flows. I mean, even as priests, you guys go through ebbs and flows. Yeah. Don't stop coming. Yeah. Don't stop being involved. Don't stop being with people. Um, just because you're in a valley. Yeah. The only way to get out of it is to surround yourself with faith-filled people. Um and Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. just being there, even on your hardest days, even if it's for five minutes, being able to swing through the church or just have prayer time with him in your car. Um, telling him you're angry. He already knows. Yeah. Um don't stop. Don't stop having those conversations.
1: Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing.
0: Mm-hmm. Just showing up.
1: Is <laughs> just showing just up. Good enough. Just yeah.
2: showing up is good enough. And in, in those times that you just show up, God has a way of showing you there's a reason I called you here. Yep. Mm. There's a reason I called you here.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Our Lord is the, the God of the mountain
2: and the valley. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Man,
0: Father, what would you say? So um, one of my great uh, spiritual heroes and saints comes to mind, right? The great St. Ignatius of Loyola. Um, Just celebrated his feast day. Yes, we did. Yesterday. Um, but he got swooped by. Or was that Francis Xavier? No, it was, no, it was Francis Loyola. Xavier Are you sure? yesterday. Yeah. Oh. St. Ignatius is in the summer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Forgive me. But, Man, Cole, I mean, St. Francis Xavier was one of the founding members right. with St. Ignatius. Uh, Francis Xavier's awesome. If you don't know about him, look him up. Uh, He baptized 3,000 people one day. Hmm. Anyways, um, St. Ignatius of Loyola um, tells us to not just ask, to not just to beg, but to beg boldly for those things that we want. Yeah. And so um, (laughs) my parishioners hear this from me all the time. But one of the things I say a lot in my homilies is, you know, today after receiving our Lord in the Eucharist, right, ask him for some gift. Yeah. Right. And so if you are Catholic and able to receive communion after you receive our Lord, just ask him, right? Just ask him, show me your love today in a new way. Help me to believe that you are truly here, that you're present with me, that you love me um, to make yourself known, right? Lord, help my unbelief, right? There's nothing wrong with being that Thomas in doubting at times. We all find ourselves in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's the fact Thomas went to Jesus, right, continued yep. to go to him, um, and Jesus showed himself to Thomas even in the midst of his unbelief. Yeah. And our Lord will do the same with us, right? Yep. He loves us all too much to ever abandon us.
3: Yeah.
1: I love Thomas. He gets a bad mm-hmm. rap. He does. Man, let us go up with him also that we might die with him also. Right. He's the only one who's like, let's go. Yeah. Yes. Let's do this. <laughs> but yeah, I just love that choleric spirit where he's like, man, I'm so in Jesus. And then mm-hmm. I'm so out Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <Yes. laughs> like, I, totally, I feel that. I feel mm-hmm. that. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The honesty factor, especially after we receive and um, what would you say to anybody who might be on, the, uh, maybe who
0: isn't Catholic and isn't able to receive yeah. the Lord right now? Um, just in that same way, right? When you're at mass ask our Lord for that grace, Mm. right? Ask him to still help your unbelief in the midst of that, right? Mm. When we're at mass or just going to the adoration chapel and just being brutally honest with him. That's just one of the best things we can do, to be brutally honest with Jesus whenever we need it, right? Just to say, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesus, I'm struggling with this, right? I'm here, Mm -hmm. show me, yeah, right? Help me believe that this is truly you yeah mm-hmm. I hear this from so many other people that this is really you but I I don't believe that help me to believe that I help want to, me to yeah. understand yeah yeah having that desire our Lord looks on yeah. yeah right with great goodness I believe
1: Lord help my unbelief right yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I think I would love to pivot just a smidge and say what advice would you give to anybody out there who has a friend mm-hmm. who is on the fence yeah like what would you say what would you recommend proposing, submitting, you know, inviting them into, or what would you say would be helpful to maybe bring up in moments like that?
0: Yeah. Um, I remember from one of my classes, just one thing that really stood out to me, my evangelization and catechesis class. And I come back to this all the time. Uh, the first thing when we're working with people who aren't Catholic or are struggling to believe is to not actually just to shove theology down their throats like that can be our very first (laughs) like go-to thing of like well this that this that Aquinas says no
3: (laughs) that is all very good that's not what they
0: need in that moment right right? the first step in the process of evangelization is actually to witness yeah which is the most difficult thing to do at times yeah to share some good thing Jesus did with you Mm -hmm. right and to share that because it's not just some abstract thing over here, but you're making it concrete and real to say, I know Jesus is real. He's truly present in the Eucharist because Mm -hmm. just starting with that reality. And then from that witness, a good next step would actually, once again, don't go to all the theology quite yet, but Eucharistic miracles, right? Though there are some good, there science. So in our world today, we're so focused on science. And science proves theological realities in so many different ways.
3: Mm,
1: yeah, it's so funny because the word science is Greek for for literally knowledge. Right. Science. It's like, yeah. It's like, what are we doing, guys? Like, truth. Mm-hmm. Hello. He's got. He's got a name. Right. <laughs> and you know, it's just, I, it's uh, it's ironic. It's mm-hmm. so, all. Yeah. 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 Don't throw them. I've done this before, and it ruined one of the, the one of my best relationships that I ever yeah. had with one of my one of my best friends. Actually, I remember throwing down the book of. Uh, Catholic Apologetics by Peter Creef. Oh, wow. On the coffee <laughs> oh, table. Oh, wow. And I'm like, read it. <laughs> uh, it didn't go well. No. Uh, yeah. I, I cried. So, yeah. I mm-hmm. cried a lot. Yeah. 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 I repent. Put it on my tombstone. The best prayer we can pray is the most honest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the most, I'm not saying it's the highest sacramentally. I'm saying, but right. The but best, the, the best prayer that we can exactly. pray ourselves is just the most honest one. And yeah. the Lord, if we're not being honest with Him, then what are we being? You know, he doesn't want us to hide. Um, Because, did you know, the word hypocrite actually just means a stage actor, like one who's Mm -hmm. masked. Did you know that? Yep. Yeah. It's just like the Lord doesn't want us to be stage actors. He doesn't want us to be. He wants us to be children and children are unabashedly, unashamedly Mm -hmm. themselves. Yeah. It's so good. I love that.
0: Yeah. I think a beautiful reality of some thing, especially in this year, of the Eucharistic Revival, Um, Many times in prayer, I go to St. John the Beloved, Mm -hmm. right? The Beloved Apostle um, and living in just that really beautiful, intimate relationship he had with Jesus, um, right? That it says that at the Last Supper, John laid his head upon the breast of Jesus, right? On his chest. But the Latin there, this is why I love other languages, because it takes us to a different reality of more precision of what's going on. Um, But the Latin that's used there is in sinu Jesu, which literally means within the heart of Jesus, right? John laid his head within the heart of our Lord. And our Lord invites us to that in so many different ways. Um, He desires to live with us in that level of relationship and intimacy. That's not just reserved for priests and religious, but all of us are called to holiness and to live in a deep relationship with our Lord. Yeah. And so, this great gift of the Eucharist—whether it's at Mass, uh, receiving Him in the Eucharist, or adoration, going into prayer—our Lord invites us to lay His head or lay our head upon His heart.
3: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. one of the craziest things, maybe, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, Father, because you're you're a priest. and I don't know, um, <laughs> but one of the craziest things for a parent, new parents, is when they their first like OB appointment, and they go in. And you know they're on pins and needles because they just want everything to be okay and whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not like a, a worrisome moment. Maybe they're just there to like you know. Okay, let's start the process. But mm-hmm. hearing your child's heartbeat for the first time, yeah. so yep. stinking cool, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so stinking cool. And how wild! I just can't get over this. That John, maybe the only, maybe the only, one of the very few. Like I'm sure Lazarus heard it. I'm sure anybody who would, like actually embraced the Lord. But mm-hmm. the fact that he rested on his chest, right? That John, he knows what the heartbeat of God sounds like. Yeah, mm-hmm. he yeah. knows what the heartbeat of Jesus yeah. Christ sounds like. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. what? That's yeah. I could meditate on that for. Mm-hmm.
3: <sighs> yeah.
0: One of my classmates, uh, one of a preach friend of mine's brother, um, had a child, a daughter, and her heart was out of sync. It wouldn't beat correctly. Mm. And so the doctors actually um, had him take his daughter, who was just a newborn, and they actually didn't lay her on the heart of the mother. They actually laid her on the heart of the father. Wow. Interesting. And so her head laying on the heart of the father taught her heart how to beat. What? Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. And they even said, "No, it's not the mom, it's the father. what? And so they laid her head on uh, her father's heart, and her heart eventually learned how to beat. No way and began to beat in rhythm. I
1: believe it, I'm just saying that so right what?
0: Yeah and that's what our Lord invites us into oh my to teach gosh. us how wow. to love and how for our heart to beat by laying it upon his heart present in the Eucharist.
1: I want to look this up. Not that this, this individual case obviously right. be creepy, but I'm saying right. I want to look this condition up in this treatment method, mm-hmm. yeah. man. It's really interesting coming from a house where like science and medicine are talked about daily, Right? Mm-hmm. you know, Oh, I had this patient that X, Y, and Z is like, I, I could be a doctor. I know enough. Okay. Like if yeah, if, if I got, if I've got the stuff, I could probably, you know, birdshot diagnose you. So mm-hmm. anything else, Lursa, anything you want to speak into?
2: Just meet people where they're at. Yeah. You know, yeah. we were talking about the throwing theology out and going through RCIA and, and leading groups through that. Yeah. They are so concerned. A lot of them are so concerned with just, what do I do when I walk in the church? Am I okay to sit here? Am I okay to stand here? Mm-hmm. Um, just helping them be comfortable. Yeah. Comfortable mm-hmm. in a relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best best I got.
1: New environments are super intimidating. Absolutely. Wherever they Mm are. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. just put people on edge. And um, if we could be that sea of peace for people, Mm -hmm. um, then it's going to make them saying yes that much easier. Right. When that moment does come.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for being here today, dear listeners. And I just want to say thanks to our guest, Father, Larissa. Thank you so much for for, having us. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show and for your apostolates. Thanks for your priesthood. Thanks for your fatherhood. Thanks for getting people in deeper into that. Yes. And, you know, just what do I say? I was gonna say splash of cold water on their face (laughs) because, man, I go. I remember going through RCA and I learned a lot.
2: A lot. I mean, I was taking a lot of information. Yeah. A lot of information. You never even learn it all. Right. You're still no. learning. Always learning. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know it all. Don't do it right. at all. Right. <laughs> yep. <that's> Why? <What? laughs> I act like it sometimes, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> could it's not, a lifelong journey. Could not
1: it say it better myself. Yeah. Yes. Could not say it better myself. So, thanks everybody out there again who's tuned in today. Um, thank you dear listener for making this a part of your your day, your life. We just want to say that um, you're blessing us by listening, and um, please share this with your friends, and family, anybody in your spheres of influence who you think this might actually lead them into deeper union with. The triune lord so um yeah father would you be so kind as to to wrap this out with a, a blessing
0: of course yeah in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen. Amen. amen heavenly father we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day the gift of this time to come together uh, to learn more about your son and lay our head upon the heart of your son and continue to dwell with him in a deep and intimate way we ask that you help all of our unbelief to take us deeper into love of you yeah into love of the eucharist we ask all this through Christ our Lord.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you. And with, and your, with, spirit. You with your spirit. May mighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
3: Amen. Amen.
1: This has been New Manna. We'll see you next week.